never let your problems get you down. When life problems come your way, lift your voice and Okay, up high and say, Hallelujah! Anyhow! I think we heard that this morning. I think we heard that the encouragement to just trust and believe God, knowing that he is always going to do what's right. He's going to make it happen. He's going to make it happen. He's going to make it happen. And you know what? You can't even stop him from making it happen. All you could do is get in the way. And as you get in the way, guess what's going to happen? <laughs> you're going to get on board. You're going to get out the way. Or you're going to run over and it's still going to happen. And it's still going to happen. Many are called, but few are chosen. That thing has just been sitting in my head. And I'm, I'm still trying to get some understanding. People have been trying to find, that, find out what that means for like hundreds of years already. But many are called and few are chosen. This is one thing I, I, I've experienced and seen and, and backs up by the word. There's some people going to do what God tells them to do whether they want to do it or not. Now, everybody could be called. But there are some folk that God has chosen to do certain things. And you're going to do that. Whether you want to or not. Because there's a fish with your name on it. Oh, God. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We know that you're speaking, oh God. We hear your voice loud and clear. We know, Lord God, that you want our attention. You want our attention. And you keep pouring in your words of love. Pouring in your words of encouragement. Pouring in your words of instruction. Even warning, Lord, so that we will get better. So today, Lord God, your people need to just hear your voice, not mine. Get this man out of the way so that your voice is heard clearly. Bury flesh and self, Lord God. Let everything be said because of you, Lord God. Because only you can reach the hearts and minds of your people. Only you can change lives, save souls. Only you can destroy the works of the enemy, oh God. So we're asking you to do that this morning, Lord God, so that your people will be blessed, that they will be healed, that they will be delivered, that they will be set free because you, God, have spoken. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh. Mm, okay. I just looked at the clock and I will try to be. No, I'm not. <laughs> I was going to, but then I just heard don't. So it's going to be what it's going to be. <laughs> this is the deal. From my position as pastor and counselor, I am watching the state of the world, watching the state of people. And the last three years have changed our world. It's changed our world. And it's unfortunately that the worst things about our world have gotten worse. The ugliest parts of our world have gotten louder and stronger and more prevalent. And that even those of us who believe who Jesus is, who know who God is, who have the spirit of God, we've been having a problem managing the pressures. The pandemic has left a lot of people questioning, struggling, and depressed. The state of our government, no matter what party you thought was going to help us, 
if, if that was something that you actually put some faith in, if you're looking at it now, you got to be saying, you people are crazy. What is wrong with you lawmakers? What is wrong with you people who have been elected to represent those people in your constituency? What is wrong with you? You went to Washington and just lost your mind. Or were you already crazy before you got there? And now we everybody know because it's on a broad stage. Well, for those of us who are part of that constituency, for those of us whose lives are directly affected by the things that they do, we have to be looking at them and say, are you kidding me? And if you look at world history, you know where this is going. If, if you're a student of history at all, you know where this is going. Democracies have always been fragile to begin with. And this was an experiment for a democratic republic. This has been an experiment. And you see where it's going. So what you going to do? Mr. and Miss Christian, what you going to do? How are you going to get through all of these things? Well, I found something that may help. Think on these things. So our main text is going to be in Philippians 4. But let me, let me read something to you. Galatians 5, 19 through 21, reading from the Amplified. Now, the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsible, irresponsibility, lack of self-control, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissension, factions, those things that promote heresies, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Just because you said, Lord, Lord, that don't mean that you're making it to the kingdom of God. So when you see these behaviors popping up in your own life, then you know that it's time for me to step back. There's something not right because the Bible says these are the works of the flesh. So if I'm walking in my flesh, I got a problem. But the spirit of fear has stirred up anxieties and doubts and anger and depression. It was a problem before, but now it's so much worse. So much worse. How many have fallen away from the faith without actually saying that they've fallen away? How many people are not following what the word says? No commitment to doing the things of God, but yet still saying that they're children of God. I have to tell you this. I have to tell you this because my heart grieves. The idea that someone will go to hell from the church disturbs me to no end. The idea that you can sit and hear the things of God and just walk right past it. It grieves me to no end. That's why that song touched my heart the way that it did. We got to get rid of our tradition, get rid of our religion, because we got we his way is better. We got to do what the Lord Jesus said we're supposed to do, not just what we've been doing. Bad attitudes is not okay, Even if it's righteous indignation. Those of us who know Christ must do better, as it said in Galatians Uh, Continuing in the 22nd verse, but the fruit of the spirit, 
the result of his presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while we're waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature together with his passions and appetites. At one point, if that is a true statement, you feel bad when you do bad. As we talked about in Sunday school, you, you feel bad when you do bad. You don't start making excuses. If you did something wrong, I did something wrong, period. Doesn't matter what anybody else did. If I was wrong, I was wrong. We have to get there. We have to get there. And you know what? You can. You can. Because when we look at what, who's come before us, there's people who have. Maybe not perfectly, but they show, there's, a, there's a light that is possible. When Paul wrote to the Philippians, the church in Philippi, He was in prison. (laughs) How about that? He wrote four epistles from prison, and one of them was the the, the Philippians. And this was the first church that was actually founded in Europe. And it was the first conversions in Philippi. And guess what? They were Gentiles. Somebody say amen for the Gentiles. And this epistle is called a hymn of joy. So get the picture. He in jail, again, (laughs) and he's writing to a church he founded to encourage them and to talk about joy. So we've been through this pandemic and that some people just don't want it to go away. So they just keep trying to make it seem like more than what's actually happening because they just don't want it to go away for whatever reason they're tied to keeping people scared. That's just what they're doing. Because we, we cannot live locked up forever. You should have been washing your hands anyway. <laughs> you shouldn't have been coughing all over folk anyway. <laughs> You sick? Don't go around a bunch of people while you're sick. I thought that was the rules anyway. Okay, but, but now it's become a thing. And now because there's been so much drama about it. Now, you can blame any particular person, but if you look at the history, this has been a continual thing that's happening. Now, now it's just exploding. But we, the Christians... Those of us who say that we are the children of the living God, we have to represent something different in this world. We have to. This is what this is my point in today. We have to. But the only way we do, we got to deal with our stuff. Because if Paul can write a letter of joy from prison, then we most certainly can have some kind of joy after a pandemic. We, we, we most certainly can somehow get past all of this nonsense that caused people who were friends, Christians who were friends, to say they can't even worship with each other no more because of their politics. Are you kidding me? We got to be able to do better than that. We've got to. You're telling me your political ideology is more important than your relationship with Christ and your brothers and sisters? For real? Well, 
when Paul was talking to this church, starting in the fourth verse of Philippians 4, he said, rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, take pleasure in him. Again, I say to you, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit, your gracious, unselfish mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, to continue to make your specific request known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life. And the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. So how are we going to maintain who we're supposed to be? Well, we have to be happy, be gentle, be prayerful, and be mindful. Be happy. He said rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. It's like, Pastor, please, man, you know it's not that just simple just to be happy. I'm not happy. I'm mad. I'm sad. I'm upset. Things ain't going right. My husband is a pain. My wife is a pain. My kids won't listen. My job is crazy. My boss don't know nothing. How am I going to be happy? Because the Bible said, be happy. It said, rejoice in the Lord. The message says to revel in who he is. Now, when your understanding of who God is, when that becomes the prominent thing in your mind, then all of the ugly stuff that you see in this world is not as big as your God. Once you start seeing the love of God and the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God and the kindness of God and the mercies of God, when you start to accept these things and receive them in your life, then all the other stuff, how does that compare to who God is? You've got something to be happy about. You've got something to be happy about. When you look back over your life and you think about how many times did the Lord keep you? How many times did the Lord shift your life and the things in your life so that you didn't go too far left, too far right? He kept you bottled up when you was mad because you couldn't do what you want to do. Then you turn around and you realize, oh, I shouldn't have did that. Oh, God is good. God is good. You can get happy about the stuff that he's already done. Get lost in God. Now, I'm not talking about running around just saying hallelujah all day. Somebody say, how you, how you doing? Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. No, I'm not saying that. I'm, but if someone say, how you doing? It's like, you know, I got some stuff I'm dealing with, but my heart is fine. My spirit is fine. 
My joy is intact because I know I'm not going through the stuff I'm going through on my own. I believe that there is a promise on my life. I believe that the God that brought me into his family will keep me, hold me, watch over me, protect me, bless me. And if I got to go through some stuff, I'd rather go through it with God holding my hand than going through it by myself. I'd rather go through it knowing that God is standing with me and that he will determine the outcome. I'd rather go through it like that. So I can still have joy. I can still feel good because I know who my God is. My money is not my God. My family is not my God. My pastor is not my God. God is God. And no matter whatever else fail, the God that created the universe, that spoke the worlds into existence, he's the one that's with me. So there's, there's something to get happy about. You know, and, and those of us who come from a particular background, if we start getting happy, it's like, ooh. It gets to be a little dance. So, you know, at least that rock, that, you know, that, mm, that Pentecostal rock. Mm. Just think about it. Like, ooh. See, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You just think about it enough. You're like, ooh. There's something in you that starts to feel good. Something to feel, and don't put a beat to it. Ah, oh, Jesus. It's all over. Put on a song. It's all over. (laughs) So be happy. Don't just sit in the misery. Think about your God. Get lost in your God. Rejoice in your God. Watch how your life will change. But then he says we also got to be gentle. Oh, Lord. Let your gentle spirit, your gracious, unselfish mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all. All people, because the Lord is near. Now, we all know that not all of us are naturally gentle. I'm I'm one of them. I'm not naturally gentle. I can be gentle, but I'm not naturally gentle, which means I always have to be looking out for the rough. Because if I forget about the rough, it'll get me. (laughs) <laughs> we, we just talked about in Sunday school about confession. See, because I know y'all. I should have got some stronger amens from some of y'all in here. Because y'all got, y'all got the same testimony as me. <laughs> but here's the thing. He said to be gentle. Let your gentleness. So if you know God, then you have the spirit of God in you. If you have the spirit of God in you, then the seed of gentleness is there. Because the spirit produces gentleness. That's what he does. He produces. So when we're talking about making room, ah, hey, God, if we're talking about making room, then all that the spirit of the living God has deposited in us, once we start to make room, then that thing starts to grow, start to mature, start to get bigger, start to take over. So when Paul is saying, let your gentleness be seen, then that means we've got to make room for the spirit of the living God. And if it's not your natural temperament, temperament, you've got to work just that much harder to make room. There's no excuses because this is what he said we're supposed to do. And he said, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. The Lord is coming. So when the Lord comes, he's expecting us to do the things that he placed in us to do. And if we're standing in the way of someone's salvation because of our attitudes, you don't want to be caught on the end of that. 
So it's all right if you're not naturally gentle, because, you know, <laughs> my brain can work very black and white. Is this, is that, and stop that nonsense. And because of who I am and how my brain works, I'll say it just like that. No, it's this or that, and this is nonsense. (laughs) So, when I'm in the right place, when I have to deliver that message, it was like, well, look at this, and we'll look at that, so tell me what this is. And I'm good with that. But when I say, tell me what this is, and you start telling me a whole bunch of stuff, then that's when the roughness kicks in. It's not an excuse. Period. It's not an, it's not an excuse. If this is what we're supposed to do, if this is how we're going to get to the place where God wants us to be, if this is how I get to the place where I can write a letter of joy from prison, then you can't make excuses. Now, for some of us, you, you just, sometimes you just know, need to know when to shut up. That's about as gentle as you're going to get, is to just shut up. But it's necessary for our testimony because somebody's life is being affected. Our lives are going to tell the gospel one way or another. And it's that important because the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. Look at the signs. Read the signs. The Lord is coming. I know people have been saying this for 2,000 years that the Lord is coming. But it's like, I think we might be it. And I think this, because there's something really, really wrong with us. And we have, we have the technology in this generation to destroy the world. We, we have the technology to, to make that happen. And when you read the book of Revelation, you realize that some of the things that happen, we have the technology to make those things happen. That's the reality. Now, can God stop it? Of course. God does whatever he wants. Nothing will happen unless God says it's okay. But if you read the back of the book, he's going to let it happen. At one point, he's going to let it happen. And this generation can do that. So we have to be happy. We have to be gentle. But then we have to be prayerful. See, because all of that stuff that I was talking about, if you actually want to get to the place where you can be happy, where you can be gentle, then you have to be prayerful because the stuff that destroys your happiness, the stuff that challenges your gentleness are the things that create anxiety and worry and doubt. That's what because happy people are happy. It's, it's easy for happy people to be gentle. <laughs> Something happened when you're happy. So don't worry about it. It's OK. And just keep it moving. It's only when something has disturbed your peace, when something has rubbed you the wrong way, that's when we're not necessarily so gentle. So we got to be prayerful because he said, do not be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything with prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific request known to God. But to be prayerful requires obedience. Why? Because he says, do not be anxious. Do not worry. Those are specific commands. So when the word of God tells us not to do something, then if we do it, then we have sinned. And I know it's like, well, do not worry. How how did I sin by worrying? Because the Bible said, don't worry. So if you allow yourself to worry, then you've given yourself over to the sin. You've missed the mark. The mark is not worrying. 
So if we worry, then we have sin. So if we are actually going to be prayerful, we have to acknowledge that the things that we're doing don't line up with the word of God. So if they don't line up with the word of God, then it's wrong, period. Whether you feel you are justified in it or not, whether you feel that it's working for you or not, if the Bible says that's not what we're supposed to do, then the Bible says that's not what we're supposed to do. And if that hammer falls right on your head, then so be it. Take the lump. If the Bible said it's wrong and I did it, then I'm wrong. There's no excuse. I'm wrong. Don't try to make that sound better. Don't make it try to feel better. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And that's it. So if you're going to pray, you're going to be prayerful and have an effective prayer. You got to start by telling the truth and agreeing with the word of God. (laughs) But that requires (laughs) self-awareness. If you're going to be prayerful and have an effective prayer life, you got to be obedient and you got to be self-aware. Oh, Lord. We may not actually know how bad off we are. (laughs) You all right? No, I'm fine. You not acting fine. So we ask you a question. Yeah! What's the matter? Nothing. I'm fine. So you saying you normally talk like that? <laughs> and it, especially with anxiety, because anxiety is kind of tricky, because most of us have found ways to sublimate our anxiety. So if, if you're anxious, you might start cooking. And it's like, we don't need nothing else cooked. <laughs> we don't need, what are you doing? Or you might start cleaning. Who's going to say something about cleaning? It's like until you get obsessive. Till you up in the middle of the night cleaning. It's like, why are you cleaning? Everybody's supposed to be asleep. Why are you cleaning? Or you start fixing stuff. You just walk around the house. (laughs) A screw is missing. (laughs) Back to the Home Depot. (laughs) It's like, what are you doing, man? Oh, Jesus. Or whatever other thing that's actually productive, but you're doing it to an obsessive extent, is generally a cause cause of anxiety. There's something that's going on that's getting you going. Now, for those who, and I'm only talking about positive ways to, to cover your anxiety. The negative ones you already know, I don't need to say. But I want to give you a a little something to hold on to. How do I know if I'm not in the right place? Well, follow these signs. If you're not resting, constantly moving, no time to breathe, no enjoyment for life. If there's no closeness, you're isolated. You don't talk to anybody about how you feel, what you think, what's going on. You just keep going and going and going and going and going. If you feel no sense of security, if you're constantly watching over your shoulder, waiting for somebody to do something to you, waiting for somebody to get you, waiting for somebody to do something that you don't like. If you're constantly in that state, that, that's anxiety. That's what you need to be a prayer about. Oh, how about this one? This one is really something. I don't have no problems. Everything is fine. 
Everything's fine. No, everything's fine. I'm good. I'm fine. You lying to yourself. There is not, I'll say this to anybody. This is on YouTube too, so it's going to be there forever. I'm saying it to you. There's no one living today in this generation that don't have something that's wrong. No, no, no. It's not possible with the state that our world is, with the state, with the spiritual environment that we're under, that there is nothing wrong. It's not possible. John 16, 33 said, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So stop pretending everything is fine. Stop letting your fear masquerade as faith. I'm just, there's a whole lesson on that, but just let me give it to you quickly. Often Christians, no, I'm fine. God's got it. Everything's going to be fine. But that's really fear. It's really fear because the real answer is like, this is bad and this is bad and this is bad and this is bad. But I'm trusting God to help me to get through it. When you act like everything is fine, when you say that is no problems, then that is just fear. Because if you acknowledge the problem, you fall apart. That's not faith. That's fear. Faith acknowledges what's happening. Faith looks it right in the face, but says, my God is better. He is bigger and stronger and more powerful than this thing that's coming at me. I know it's coming and I know it's trying to get me. But God is standing before me. And I know, whoo, Pastor D, the promise is real. It's not just words. The promise actually exists. And there's promised land grapes in the promise. (laughs) No. No. Stop acting like everything is fine when it's not. If you can't face your problems, you're just too afraid. If you're going to pray right, then you need that self-awareness. And it also requires refocus. Paul encourages us to take our problems to God. That anxiety, that worry, that doubt, the reason why it becomes so overwhelming and we can't stand it is because we're looking at the thing. And we've not put God in it. See, what he's telling us to do, refocus. Whatever is causing your anxiety, put it in the light of the power and love of your God. Mm. You've got to seek his face, not just his blessings. Because that, that, mm. I'm I'm eventually going to preach this message about the promised land. But, But understand this. As I was talking with my pastor, the promised land actually wasn't the goal. It was the presence of God. That was the goal. The promised land was just a place where that would happen. Mm. So if you're seeking God, if you're seeking his presence, if you're seeking who he is, whatever promise he has, that promise is just to facilitate your relationship with him. That promise, its only purpose is to provide a place where you can lift up and and tell the world about who Jesus is. That's what the promise is really about. The promise itself is not to go. So all is declaring and decreeing stuff, you're missing the mark. 
Are you declaring and decreeing the joy of the Lord in my soul? Are you declaring and decreeing the peace of God in my mind? Are you declaring and decreeing, I will not be anxious. I will not worry. I will not doubt. Because whatever I go through, I know God is with me. I know that he will deliver me. I know that he will protect me. I know that he will love me. Is that what you're declaring and decreeing? And then when we seek God, then we got to ask God. What it is, isn't the end. Ask God. Because he can make it whatever he wanted it to be. Ha! Woo! I, I love the idea that God can make it whatever he wanted it to be. So what it looked like right now is not the end. Because God can make it whatever he wanted it to be. But did you ask him? Did you ask him? Did you remember to just ask God? And then after you ask him, just thank him. Know that good is coming. Know that the good is coming. You know, sometimes I get, I get stuck at this point because I, I get stuck with trying to get it done that I forget that the good is coming. So I'm putting all my time and energy and strength and trying to get it done. But then I forget that the good is coming because and, and, you know, it, it only makes sense. But you only make sense if you stop and think about it, because if you ain't thinking about it, you just keep going and keep going and you keep going and you keep going. But if you keep going without knowing that the good is coming, you eventually just going to wear yourself out. But if you go keep going, but you telling yourself because the good is coming, because the good is coming, because the good is coming, then all the work that you're doing is going to make sense because you know that the good is coming. So, but you got to keep thanking Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Every prayer, every study, every moment in your presence. Thank you, Jesus, for the good is coming. Thank you, Lord. For I've asked you for this and I know this is in your will. So I know the good is coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But until it does, you got to be mindful. Think on these things. And for the effort, uh, because of time, I'm not going to go through all of them, but I want to start with the first one. He says, whatever is true. I'm just telling this to y'all. You could tell your friends if you want, but I'm telling this to y'all. Have you realized how much time and energy you waste thinking about stuff that's not actually a fact? Some of the worst holes you get yourself into mentally is when you are just constantly thinking about something that you don't know for sure. Something that you feel. Something that's a possibility. But you keep thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking about that thing. And you don't know for sure at all. Oh, yeah, I just need you to sit on that. Think on these things. What do you know that's true? I know that bill got to get paid. That's the truth. What else you know is true? I don't have the money to pay that bill. That's the truth. (laughs) That's just the truth. But it's like, well, where did the bill come from? Because I bought something, now I got to pay for it. That's the truth. So maybe I made a bad decision. Well, that's the truth. That's, that's the truth. And it's like, well, I have a God that is, is merciful. 
and gracious. Even when I do something wrong, he's still merciful and gracious. So, Father, I messed up. And I really need you to help me get out of this mess that I got myself in. I know I was wrong and I repent and I'm sorry. But the truth is I'm in the mess and I need your help. That's the truth. And the truth is either he's going to say yes or no. That's the truth. So why am I wasting time? Oh, this is going to happen. And that's going to happen. Oh, what's going to happen? Oh, well, what's the truth is that you're going to get a letter. You, you're going to get a garnishment. You're going to get a, 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 a knock on your credit report. If it goes badly, that's what's going to happen. But it happened because of something you did. Nobody did nothing to you. That's just the truth. And by the grace of God, I won't do it again. And I will dig myself out of the hole and it'll be better. And now I'll know I ain't doing that again because I don't want to be in that hole again. That's just the truth. What, would, what is there to be anxious about if you just followed the truth? If you just thought about what the truth was, what would there be to be anxious about? This is what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, I know. It's because you're still acting like you're five and throwing a tantrum when something you don't like. And, and, and if you 25 and 35 and 45 and 55, that ain't cute. <laughs> Tantrums are not cute. The pastor D said not even at five. But I mean, that's, that's her thing. I ain't getting into her business. But think about the things that are true. If you think about the things that are true, if you're mindful and you're paying attention, if you're going to be happy, be gentle, you're, 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 you're going to be prayerful, then you be mindful of the things that you're allowing to run around in your mind. So think about the things that's true. The truth is that God, my God loves me and he'll be with me and he's going to bring me through. Even if I got myself into a mess, the mess that I'm in is still not better, bigger than my God. It's not more powerful than the blood of the lamb. It's not something that I cannot be turned around because as long as I'm breathing, the God of the universe is still my God. He is still sovereign and he can still order my steps. He can take the worst thing that happened in my life and turn it around towards something good because he is that God. That's the truth. Think about the things that are noble, the things that are to be respected, recognized for character, the things that are right, the things that are holy and observing divine law. If we're going to talk about what's right and wrong, if we're going to believe in what's right and wrong, it's got to be something that's based on the word, not just what we think, not just what we feel. What did God say in his law? That's what's right. Everything else is wrong. My thoughts is wrong. My feelings is wrong. But if God said it, that's what's right. Think on what he said. The things that are pure, the things that are lovely, the things that are admirable, well spoken of. So if you're going to think about something, think about the stuff that's something good to say about it. Don't think about the stuff that's ugly all the time. Think about the stuff that have something good to say about it. If it doesn't have something good to say about it, then why are you thinking about it all the time? Think about the things that are Excellent and praiseworthy. I, I saw a little Ethan clapping his hands with a big smile on his face. Think about that. <laughs> that's something that's excellent and praiseworthy. 
See, he, even he's, he's at the stage that, that Nia was a, a, about a month ago, where it's like he's walking, but he hold on to the finger. He got it going, but he ain't letting go of the finger. <laughs> so we know what's coming after that. Eventually, he's going to let go of the finger, and then he's going to be on his own. Think about, ah, God. Think about those things. When you talk about excellent and praiseworthy, those kind of things that are pure, that make you feel good, those things where you see something good happening, think on these things. Don't spend so much time thinking about the ugly stuff because you're never going to make it like that. We're never going to make it like that. The message sums it up this way, and I'll be finished in a moment. You'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on the best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Stop thinking about the things that are bad all the time. And then Paul says for us to just put it into practice. And verse 9, the things that you've seen and heard from me, put it into practice. And I'm looking at Paul's example, and I think about all the stuff that he went through in his life. This beaten and imprisoned multiple times. Stoned and left for dead. (laughs) The people that worked with him turned against him. Um, You've seen so much stuff that happened in this man's life, but at no point did he stop presenting the gospel. So what you've seen and heard, put those things into practice. And always remember, we are disciples of a man that allowed himself to be nailed to a cross. We are the disciples of the one who did nothing wrong, but took on the sins of the world so that all of us may be saved. That is the one whom we are modeling our lives after. If we're saying we're his disciples, then we've taken that on. We've accepted that however he lived, whatever he believed, whatever he wanted, those are the things that we have to make our own. That's what we're saying when we're saying we're Jesus' disciples. So you've got to imagine that the ideal, the point where I get to where I have accomplished what Jesus wants is if I could get to the place where even if I didn't do it wrong, they wanted to nail me to a cross and kill me and I say Father forgive them for they know not what they do. If that's the person that you want to be then you know that you're a disciple. If you can get beaten and imprisoned, stoned and left for dead minister and then went back and preached again He was in the courtyard and the the, the army had to grab him. The soldiers grabbed him to bring him away from the people. As they're trying to take him to to safety, he said, hold hold on a second. I I got something else to say. I'm thinking, Paul, be quiet. Go back later and talk to let them get you to safety first. But he stopped them because he had some he had more he had to say. He said what you've seen and learned have heard from me. Put those things into practice. So when you're talking about make it your business, think on these things so that your life can reflect what God wants you to do so that you can fulfill his purpose. You've got to think on these things. You've got to be happy. You've got to be gentle. You've got to be prayerful. You've got to be mindful so that when it's your turn to preach the gospel, When it's your turn to be a witness, when it's your turn to lead somebody to Christ, you'll be able to. 
bow your heads with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Now we know that everything that I've just talked about this morning, we know it's not simple. We know this stuff is not easy. We, we know it's not. I know it's not. Everybody knows it's not. But as I said in Sunday school this morning, that's no excuse. Just because it's not easy, that's no excuse. We still have to do what the Lord wants us to do. We still have to. If you're going to be his disciple, you have to. And the, the thing that's gracious about our God is that he ain't mad. He, he know what a knucklehead I am. And he's right there with me saying, uh, son, we need to have a little conversation about how you just behave. We had a little, we, need, we come here, you know I know what you thought. You know I know what you thought. So you and I need to talk about why you thinking what you thinking. With love and patience and kindness, he's doing that. It's not with a hammer of judgment. The judgment already fell on Christ. For those that are in Christ, the judgment already fell on Christ. We don't have to worry about the, the, the judgment, but we still need to take the responsibility to get it right. So I want to ask you today. For those that know that they're struggling with being happy, with being gentle, with being prayerful, or being mindful, I want you to just stand with me. Those that are at home, please just stand. Just stand. And there's, there's no judgment or condemnation. I'm, I'm standing here with you. I know that I'm, I'm working it out every day. Every day. I'm working it out every day. But I'm in the fight. I'm in the fight to get it right. I'm in the fight to get it right. I refuse to just be wrong. I refuse to keep messing up. I refuse. I just refuse. So, Father, we come to you. As your children, we come to you, Lord. And Paul said to rejoice. And we know that it was you speaking through him to us to rejoice. Now, he was able to do that while he was in prison. We just came through a pandemic. We just got problems on our job. We just got problems with our families. We're not actually in prison. We're not actually fearing for our actual lives right now. And God, we're still, still doing a lot of grumbling and complaining. Still making a bunch of noise, oh God. So, Lord, we're coming to you and opening our hearts before you and say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Lord, I, I, I need to be more happy. I need to be more gentle. I need to be more prayerful. I need to be more mindful. I need to make sure that I'm thinking about these things. Lord, for you're coming. And you're expecting me to have something to bring to you. Have something that my life stood for. I'm coming, Lord God, before your throne and saying, here I am, Lord God. Wash through, God. Wash through my mind. Wash through my heart. Lord, wash through my spirit, Lord, because I want my life to reflect your glory. I want to be in a place, Lord, where people will know that I am your child. That is my desire, Lord God. So, Lord, we, your children, acknowledge our sin. Acknowledge that we have missed the mark. And we ask for your forgiveness, Lord. So we ask that you would just pour in more. Let your spirit reign in us. 
that we would make room enough for him to grow, to get bigger, to take over every part of who we are, Lord, so that your name will be glorified. That when people see our lives, they will see you. They will see you shining through, oh God. And we will have the opportunity to tell them, to show them who you are. Lord, I pray for all of us, those that are struggling. Lord, those that are contending every day. Ah, God. Lord, I'm praying for your people's victory and success right now, oh God. Lord, I'm praying that the bondage would be broken, Lord. The chains would be destroyed, Lord God. Lord, that they will become too big to push, Lord God. That they will press through these obstacles and situations, Lord God. Lord, that as they have made up their mind, Lord, to rejoice in you always. Lord, that if they made it up in their heart, they're going to rejoice in you always. When their spirits are crying out to rejoice in you always, Lord. I pray for our success, Lord. We pray for the anointing, Lord God. We pray for strength and power, Lord God. We pray for victory right now, Lord God. Lord, that the blood has guaranteed our deliverance, our guaranteed our freedom, guaranteed that we will be successful. Because we're covered in the blood. Because we're covered in the blood. We thank you for loving us that much, oh God. We thank you for caring about us that much, oh God. We thank you, Lord God, that you've given us another chance, another day, another breath to get it right. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Father, we just...